Hello, I'm Jeffrey Meshlove, and today I'd like you to begin to think about what are the requirements for a person entering into a psychic training program, maybe for yourself or maybe for somebody you know. Uh, of course, there are lots of such programs out there. I think if you were to search the internet, you would find a hundred, a thousand programs, anything from uh, Kundalini yoga to Wicca training, tarot card reading, astrology. These are all intuitive psychic skills and especially remote viewing, which is a uh, form of clairvoyance. I have mentioned in an earlier episode or segment of the Impresent series that I've been thinking of creating an opportunity, an online opportunity for psychic training. And uh, as I think about it, there are some criteria that seem important to me. Uh, one of them is that people have some reason to think that they have talent. Now, uh, it's intriguing because, uh, let me tell you, at SRI International, when the original remote viewing research started back in the 1970s, Russell Targ and Hal Putoff, my friends, thought they needed somebody as a control person, somebody with no talent at all to go through the remote viewing protocol so that they could compare the scores of the talentless person with uh, some of the psychics they were working with. And Russell Targ knew a lady, a photographer named Hella Hammond, and he said, you know, she's uh, interesting, nice person, would be happy to work with us, never had any psychic experiences. Well, it turned out she did extremely well in remote viewing and did so consistently and did so consistently, in fact, for a period of several decades. And she never suspected she had any abilities. So it's hard to say. I'm sure there are people out there Probably people even right now watching this video who would say, no, I'm not particularly psychic and have no interest in being psychic, but actually possess hidden talent. Now, in Hella's case, she was an artistic person. She was a professional fine art photographer, as I recall. And I think that people who are in the arts, people who have a good, strong visual sense, are likely to be talented. Ed May, the uh, researcher who took over the uh, Stargate research program after Hal Putoff uh, left the program, uh, has hypothesized, based on his experience, his extensive experience, that people who have synesthesia uh, are going to be very talented at remote viewing, or what he likes to call anomalous cognition. Now, Synesthesia is the ability to take the input from one sensory system and to display it in your mind in what we call your sensorium as a display of a different sensation. So, for example, people can hear colors, people can see music, or perhaps even smell colors and smell music. It works that way. And apparently, people whose brains are wired so that they're naturally what we would call synesthetes, or people skilled at synesthesia, uh, 
Their brain works in such a way so that they can take extrasensory information. We don't really know how that works. How does the brain receive extrasensory information? There doesn't seem to be a channel of communication. I think it has something to do with the nature of space and time. But in any case, for people who wish to cultivate their, their skills, to have some talent is important. Now, I think remote viewing is a very good model to work with, but it's not the only one. There are many other kinds of psychic functioning. I may have mentioned already that uh, I have a good friend named Jana, who I've known since 1970, and who is one of the people who really inspired me to go into the field of parapsychology, because she could produce what I regarded as physical evidence. She had the ability to find four-leaf clovers everywhere. She said she heard the clover spirits telling her, pick me, pick me. She just reached down and there it would be. And she had hundreds of them in her collection and gave me many of the four-leaf clovers. Uh, uh, regarded that as physical proof that something real is going on in the parapsychological domain. It inspired me. But when I had Jana participate in my uh, 1977 remote viewing training program, which was part of my doctoral uh, research at Berkeley, she didn't particularly do well in remote viewing. It didn't matter to me. I knew she was highly psychic. But you'll find that people uh, with psychic gifts will often do well in one area, but not in others. There's a lot of personality differences involved. Now, another thing about psychic functioning is if you're working in a group, you want to have really good rapport amongst your group members. And since you're dealing with psychic functioning, you want people who are open, not people who are going to hide, people who are comfortable sharing their innermost processes with other people in the group people who are willing to kind of let it all hang out, who are not going to be embarrassed if somebody talks about something that might otherwise be considered taboo, something having to do with sex, something having to do with excrement, something having to do with things that you feel uncomfortable about, your relationships with your parents or your children. All of these issues have to be uh, available for discussion if something comes up because they may turn out to be important. Another thing I can say about psychic training is that um, many different programs for psychic training have a jargon that they work with. They talk about the chakras, or they may talk about the kundalini energy, or they may talk about uh, any number of things, but it's very important, astral travel. It's very important that you don't mistake using that kind of language for actually having what I call psi ability. Psi ability means something that can be verified, something that has a um, component in the physical world, so that if you're really good at seeing spirit guides or past lifetimes or auras, very often 
you will convince lots and lots of people about how psychic you are, but if it's not verifiable in some way, it's of less interest to parapsychologists. Now, I'm very open to all of these ideologies that uh, you could say they hover around the paranormal, the aura of the paranormal. I think they're important. I think people should uh, understand their language, understand the, the culture that surrounds all of these programs. We are the inheritors of the world's spiritual and psychic traditions. And I think it's incumbent upon us to be familiar with them, but not to get caught up and to mistake having the language uh, as for having the real ability. The real ability has to be uh, testable. Like, for example, in South Africa, where they train the Sangoma, who are the uh, shamans of uh, that culture, what they have them do is they hide objects deep into the woods, and they have to go into the woods and find them and bring them back. That's the test of their clairvoyant ability. So that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm looking for. People who are willing to uh, engage in uh, a process or a series of processes, an ongoing series of processes in a community of support that will uh, not be a weekend seminar, not be a six-week course, but really a long-term commitment with the goal of practical applications. I've heard from a few people now, and I'm just going to put it out again. I don't know exactly how or when it's going to come together, but I'm putting these thoughts out because what I see is that our culture at large is not really ready. I think I told somebody recently it could be another 200 years before parapsychology is considered the heart and center of our culture. But for the time being, there's no reason why a small group of dedicated people cannot pursue this path. And perhaps you will be amongst them. Thank you for being with me.